This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I want to bring you a message today uh, called More Than a Taste. You should have received a a spoon when you came in this morning. You're going to need that spoon during the sermon this morning. I'm ready for more than a taste. Come on now. Uh, We've been studying Romans 8. If you're our guest this morning, we've been going through Romans 8 together on Sunday mornings. Romans 8, verse number 23 this week. Verse number 23 reads like this, then we're going to pray. It says, not only that, but we also, notice this, we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit. I want you to notice that the first fruits, if I want you to notice it so much, say it with me. First fruits of the Spirit. Come on one more time. First fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. How many are looking forward to when Jesus comes back? That's what that's about. Amen. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that's already touched lives and changed and hearts are going to be changed. Father, right now, you look into our lives, I pray, and see who we are. I know you know every hair on our head. You know everything about us. God, we thank you that your words come to change us. Change who we are. Change our lives. And help us to become all you want us to be. For you are faithful and you are good. And Lord, I ask you humbly, use us today. Use this congregation. Use everything to bring glory unto your name. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let me ask you guys uh, today, anybody in here ever struggled with sin? I mean, that's a blunt question right from the preacher, amen? Some of you really struggling with it now because you didn't raise your hand, you liars. <laughs> amen. Amen. We all struggle with sin. But most of us really want to serve God. How many of you struggle with sin, but you really want to serve God? Come on now. Amen. And I think the problem is that we spend more time trying to defeat our sin than we do in trying to get to know our God. And we, we, we just devote so much effort into trying to be sinless that we end up in trouble and we end up far away from the presence of a God who can change our lives. You see, we find ourselves giving it everything we have to try to avoid sin. And when that doesn't work, what do we do? We just dig in a little deeper and try it again. And we keep trying and trying and trying not to sin and we can't really figure out what the problem is because we have an earnest desire, but we don't know how to move forward. And here's the problem. We are humanly giving it everything we have. I mean, we're giving it all we got. We're pouring out our guts to this thing. And that's the problem. That problem is we're trying to do it in our own flesh. And scripture addresses this in Romans 8 and 13. We talked about it a few weeks ago. It says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live according to the Spirit, it leads to life. You will live. So we have to make a decision. Do we kill the deeds of the body, put them to death according to the Spirit so that we can live, or do we keep trying to fight all of this battle in our flesh? And the problem is, we're trying to defeat the flesh with the flesh, and the flesh doesn't defeat the flesh, it just brings more flesh. Some of you are mad at the devil. You're spending too much time mad at the devil. You need to fall in love with Jesus. 
You need to learn who God is in your life and allow Him to begin to move in your life. But here's the really thing that you need to understand this morning. You need to understand that you need to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. We need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Oh, wait a minute now. I talk about how good the Father is. People are like, hallelujah. I say, Jesus loves you. And people are like, thank you, God. I say, encounter the Holy Ghost. People go, "Uh uh-oh, what's about to happen? It's true. But if you will let the Holy Spirit into your life, He'll do for you what you can't do yourself. It's time for you to begin to understand that He can give you wisdom beyond words. He can give you a fresh strength when you don't feel like fighting on. When the battle's been for years and you don't feel like moving on, you don't feel like giving it everything you have anymore, the Holy Spirit can give you a second fresh wind. And the Holy Spirit can take you beyond your abilities into His abilities. Now guys, I have to tell you, I certainly believe we have to live like it all depends on us. I believe that. We have to live like it all depends on us, but that all that will do is get us an A for effort, but we're still going to fail. What we need to happen is that we give it our all and realize that in our all we can't. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, He matches our all with His all, and then there's nothing that we can't do because through Him we can do all things. And I feel this this morning. But in order for the Holy Spirit to really begin to move in your life, in order for the Holy Spirit to really begin to change who you are, in order for you to begin to engage with what God has for you, there's something that you need to be clear on. And I want you to get this. When I say the Holy Spirit, you need to understand that He's someone and not something. That He is God. He is someone. He is a gift from God to us. Jesus said, if I go, I will send another and He will come and He will be a comforter unto you. The Holy Spirit is someone. Now it amazes me how in every one of our services that's been a point that people say, Amen, Amen, brother. He's he's somebody. But yet most of us will treat the Holy Spirit like He's a third wheel, not the third part of the Trinity. He shows up in our life, starts convicting us of sin, and we're like, whoa, 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 I didn't sign up for that. I'm preaching truth. You see, the Holy Spirit needs to be honored. And if you don't honor Him as an equal member of the triune Godhead, you actually dishonor the Father and the Son. And you're only operating at two-thirds spiritual capacity. The Holy Spirit is ignored in too many churches today. Because we want to look right, we want to sound right, because we want everybody to come to our church, because the more people who come to your church means means you are right, right? And if the Holy Spirit shows up, people might just get a little wigged out. Let me just be plain to you. You may not have heard about this church, but this preacher gets loud. No, no, don't celebrate that. I need to quiet down sometimes. I get it. It's, I just can't. It get, the Bible says that his word is like fire shut up in my bones. And, and, and woo, I feel it. Amen. We, we like to sing. Sometimes this morning, the computer malfunction, we sung in the dark. We like to sing. Come on now. Amen. And we sing. And we, we enjoy. We have a good time down here. And look, you may not like the way we do everything, and you know what? We're willing to learn and we're willing to grow. But there's one thing we will not change is when people begin to get uncomfortable because they feel the presence of the Holy Spirit because we do not want Him to be ignored. Too many times we want to show our stuff and our words and what we can do and all the fanciness of everything that we have. But what people need is a touch of God because all the other will pass away. But God will keep them. Amen. God will keep them. What you need is a move of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. You know, too many of us don't ignore Him in church. We ignore Him in our lives. When's the last time you made time for the Holy Spirit? Now, you see, you get to think about this now. I had to think about it earlier, and I I got convicted 
When's the last time that you stopped and said, Oh, I love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When's the last time? And we'll say, we'll say, Oh, glory to God. We'll say, Thank you, Jesus. When's the last time you said something just to the Holy Spirit? When's the last time that you took time to pray to the Spirit and said, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, I need you. You were sent here to give me strength. And some of you are going, I just don't know if I can be a Christian. Let me just tell you, that's the problem. You can't be one, but through you, God wants to change who you are. Well, I got real convicted with this question when I put it in. When's the last time you worshiped the Holy Spirit? I had to kind of push back from my desk a little bit. I kind of stopped. I was upset. When's the last time I worshiped the Holy Spirit? And something rose up within me. I just, I just began to say, Come, Holy Spirit. Come, sweet, sweet Spirit. Come and fill this empty space. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, sweet, sweet Spirit. Come. You are welcome in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Sweet, sweet Spirit, come. And dine here at this table. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Sweet, sweet Spirit, come. You are welcome in this place. Now, I have to warn you, when you start worshiping him, he starts showing up. I started worshiping him, putting this message together. It got into my heart. I was just riding down the road, worshiping, praising God. I pulled into school to pick up Charlie. I mean, I felt so much of the Holy Ghost. Up top, I tried to look professional, but below the window, I was like, Ooh. I'm looking at people smiling at them. I'm like, I feel God. Why? Because when we make room for him, he comes into the room. When we make a space for him, he shows up. And when's the last? I told all the all the staff this morning. I said I want every note hit. I want every string. Uh, string. I told dump, uh, I told Todd. I said I don't know what you do up there. Boom, 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 boom. But I, I said I want it to be for the Holy Spirit. I want every word in this place to focus on the Holy Spirit of the Living God today. Why? Because it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my Spirit, says the Lord. And we, as a generation, need a touch of the Spirit of God. Well, let's just be honest, though. When you start talking about the Holy Spirit, people get a little uncomfortable. Why? Because we can relate to the Father, and we all need the Son. But the Holy Spirit, you just don't know what He's going to do. Here's what one pastor said. Pastor Mark Batterson said this. He said, we have seen a generation of Christians arise who are more familiar with Casper, the friendly ghost, than with the Holy Ghost. I said, my goodness, that's good. We can tell you all about those things. Do we really know him? Remember something, though, church. If you ignore one-third of the Godhead, you are operating at two-thirds capacity. And you need all of God. God wants all of you. It doesn't make you less saved, and you certainly have the first fruits of the Spirit, but I just want you to get this today. There is more. There's more. I'm sorry, y'all are just really quiet. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say that? There is more. You see, because there are levels of joy. There are levels of grace. 
There are levels of anointing and power that you cannot access on your own. The only way you're going to get there is through the power of the Holy Spirit. The only way that you're going to get there is when the Holy Spirit of God becomes active in your life. And the problem is this, that we haven't taken time to get to know the Holy Spirit. He's more like an acquaintance than a friend. Like one of those people you see at the ballpark, you know their name, but you hope they don't ask you anything because you don't really know who they are. You know, hey, Jim, how you doing? Somebody says, who's that? I don't know, but uh, you know, his name's Jim. Some of us are that way with the Holy Spirit. We act like we know him, but we just know his name. He's more like an acquaintance than a personal friend. We need to know his name. We need to learn to listen to him. We need to learn to interact with him. Because I want you to know it's possible for you to know his voice. It's possible for you. How many thankful for the voice of the Holy Spirit? You know, I, I didn't share this in the very first service, but I shared it in the last one that I'm thankful for the voice of the Holy Spirit. I was watching Jordan worship this morning over here on the stage. It's my daughter that was over here in the green or blue or whatever color that was this morning. And, uh, uh, but, uh, she was worshiping. I thought about this earlier today. I'll never forget, you know, at our house is up on a, a, a real steep grade and we only have a flat, one flat small area. So we always back the cars out when the kids want to ride their bikes when they were little. And, and, and the older two came out and said, uh, you know, I came in and said, Mommy, Mommy, will you move the car so we can ride our bikes? And so Christina said, sure. And she was going out the door. Jordan, uh, Jordan ran in the door. And so Christina went and hopped in the van and she went and put her key in the, in the van. The Spirit of God spoke to her and said, where's Jordan? And she just said, well, she's in the house. She put the key in and turned it and the Spirit of God spoke to her and said, where's Jordan? And she looked around and she's in the house. She went and put the car in reverse and she took the handle. The Spirit of God spoke to her stronger again and said, where's Jordan? And she said, she rolled down the window and she said, Jordan, and our baby daughter leaned around the back wheel of the car and said, here I am, Mom. I'm thankful for the voice of the Holy Spirit. You can learn to hear from God. You can learn to know His voice. You can learn to know His personality. And you can learn His presence. You can learn what it feels like when He walks into the room. You can learn not to get freaked out and get, oh, oh I don't know what's happening around me when people get excited. You can learn to go, that's my best friend right there. And I want to know Him more. Amen. To help you understand more of the level of the presence of the Holy Spirit and how He desires to move in your life, our text describes where many Christ followers find themselves. We are said to have from the text, first fruits, get this, of the Spirit. The first fruits of the Spirit. When Paul was writing to the recipients of this letter, as he wrote to them here in Romans, he was writing to Hebrews. And Hebrews would have understood what he meant by first fruits. They would have understood uh, the very principle of the, of the first fruits because they understood in the land of Israel there were two harvests. And from those two harvests, at the first harvest, the Israelites were required under Levitical law to bring the first fruits offering to the temple. And they, this is what it said. If they would honor God with the first fruits, then God would bless the second harvest. So they would bring the very first. So what happened was when God made the law, God set the standard. And I want you to get this today, that God doesn't want your leftovers. God wants your first fruit. God wants you to give from who you are. He doesn't want you at the end of the day when you're so worried about whether or not you're going to survive. He wants you from the beginning of the day until the end of the day, but He wants you early in the morning to begin to welcome Him into your day, and you might find out it goes a lot better. Uh-oh, did I say that out loud? You know, it's, they understood because there was a thing called the tithe. The tithe is 10%. It's the first 
And when we honor God by giving back the first fruits back to Him, it invokes a blessing on the latter harvest. And one of the things I, I fell in love with Christina about in my life was I saw her giving to God. I said, she's pretty and she's going to be blessed. I said, that's a girl for me right there. Amen. But in 25 years, we made a decision, not only did we tithe before we've been married, but since we've been married for 25 years, we've faithfully tithed. For 25 years, there's been good times, there's been lean times, but I found out that it's true, you can't outgive God. Because God can take the 90% and make it go further than the 100% because you've involved God in it with your first fruit. And I want you to understand that here in Romans 8, this principle of the first fruit, giving God that first portion, is applied to the Holy Spirit. What that means is it says we as believers, get this, we as believers have the first fruits of the Spirit. We just have a taste of the Holy Spirit. Now here's what's happened. I realized that when I was growing up that, that people would argue over the working of the Holy Spirit in churches. You had one group that said you received the Holy Spirit when you got saved. You had another group that said you didn't receive the Holy Spirit until you were baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. And what they did was they set up camps. And when people set up camps, they like to build forts. And after they build forts, they like to lob attacks against each other. This side says, you're wrong. This side says, you're wrong. And before long, they're not focusing on the Holy Spirit anymore. They're too focused on each other trying to decide who's wrong. Not realizing that both of them are right. Both of them had truth. Both of them, of course, this scripture really supports it. It says you can't even get saved without the Holy Spirit of God in your life. You can't come to Him and know Him without the Spirit of God draws you. And so this side's telling, this side they're wrong, this side's telling, and they're both right. And what we're, we're missing out on who God is. And God says in this scripture to us through the word of Paul, He says, you only have a taste of what God wants to do in your life. And, and, and that's where we all find ourselves as believers. We're the taste. But I want you to catch this today. In fact, let me help you with this. Pull out that little spoon. How many, how many of you would like to eat your cereal with this? What kind of spoon is this? It's a, what is it? A taste spoon. You know, we, we look at the Holy Spirit and we'll say, I'll just have a little taste. I just, I just want a little, see, this is what some of you brought to church with you this morning. You said, I need a little Jesus. People say, but we're here to get our Jesus fix on, Pastor. Come on, I'm like, I'm like, he don't want to just be a hit in your life. He wants to flow through your veins. He wants to be you to live and breathe and, and know him. But we come into church, this is what most of us bring. We bring our little, come on, where's your, where's your spoon? We bring our little taste spoon. Woo, that's good. I, I think I'll have a little taste. And many of us are happy operating at that level. Just so that we know that He's here. So that when the worship team gets excited and they start obviously feeling it, what do we do? We go, I feel it. I feel it. I just want a little taste. The pastor gets kind of excited, starts stomping his foot up there. Come on now. We're like, whoo, I feel it. I feel, I'm telling you, God moves right here. And we go, I just need a little taste. You see, that's where most of us are. We get a little, it reminds me when Christina and I go into an ice cream shop, she'll go, can I have a taste of that one? A taste of that one? She'll try, try three or four of them. I, I'll actually buy a bigger one because after she's tried three or four, she's usually satisfied. 
So I'll buy a much bigger ice cream because I feel like we've robbed the place. Come on, amen. But I fear that's how many of us approach the Holy Spirit. We just want to taste without buying in. We rob a little bit off the worship team. We rob a little bit off the message. We rob a little bit off that crazy person sitting next to us. Come on now. Man, you can have that. I just need a taste. Come on now. But we're never going to be satisfied with just a little taste. If we want to be satisfied, we're going to have to change the spoon we're bringing. We're going to have to make a decision that we want something more. (laughs) Amen. Look, you can eat with that little spoon all you want. Pastor Danny tried his best to get me to get a big old thing of ice cream. Come up here and let you try it with yours. And we go, glory to God. Amen. We showed up basketball yesterday and Charlie was there. I looked down at him and he had been uh, drinking his milk before he left. And he had the per- I mean, it looked perfectly drawn. Perfect milk mustache on his face. I said, son, you enjoyed that, didn't you? Amen. Amen. I want so much of God when I come into this house that when I walk out of this house, I have to go, man, that was good, wasn't it? Amen. That was good because I want more. But you see, I, I, have, I have a nature that wants more and more and more and more. And I want more of who God is. I want more of His presence. I want, I want more of His anointing. And, and I want to know Him in the fullness. You know, I remember I stayed at a friend's house one time and they said, you want some cereal for breakfast? I said, sure. And, and I, I couldn't believe what they did. They pulled out the old butter containers and set them before me. And a giant spoon, I was like, what are y'all doing? I, my mom gave us a little bowl, a little spoon, you know, and, and you just fill it up as much as you wanted. They said, nobody wants to have to keep going back for cereal get a bowl that you can enjoy amen amen i'm tired of coming to god's house going i just need a little bit jesus i want to come to god's house with a lot more and with an anticipation with an expectation that god's going to move in the house amen now you choose your spoon but i've made a decision but the problem is i'm greedy and so i got another spoon that sometimes has to be used Anybody know what kind of spoon this is? What kind? It's a stirring spoon when you got a big pot of something and all the good stuff settles to the bottom. So you take a stirring spoon and you stick it down in there and you stir it up. What's the Bible say? Stir up the gifts of the Holy Spirit of God that are within you. And instead of letting it be settled inside of us, it's time for us to make a decision to say, you know what? I used to do this and I used to do that and I used to feel God this way, but I can't be satisfied with just a little bit off the top. Holy Spirit, get in my life, stir me up, change who I am, and let me be full of what you want for me. But you got to understand that's not my nature. I can't stop there because I tasted and I saw that the Lord is good. And so I made up my mind that I want more. I want more of the Holy Ghost. And I feel this this morning. Some of you out here at church this morning, you're going, uh, you're looking at this going, I'm happy with my spoon. Come on, amen. I just need a little taste. But that's because you've not tasted and saw that the Lord is good. Because when I tried him, I found he's been faithful. When I followed him, I've seen that he's good. Do you know what they do on the first day of synagogue school for a little boy? They take the word, they take a, uh, like a picture of the word, and they, spo- they pour honey all over it. And then they tell those little boys to lick the honey off of that so that they will be able to taste and see that God is good. That God's word is sweet unto the, our lives. 
lives. And I began to make up my mind this morning that instead of coming in here going, I'm satisfied with a little taste, that I want to get some of Jesus and I just want to pour it all over who I am. Some of you are going, Pastor Don, that's excess. Look, we shout for the devil, we live for the devil, and we fight sin left and right. Instead of doing that, I've decided I'm going to be excessive about Jesus. I, I want more. I want more. I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with who he is. So I just got an image of a cereal bowl that never ends. Glory to God. I feel it. Some of you going, I've never seen a sermon like this. You will never forget it. Amen. Some of you are going to be talking someday. So remember that day we went to that church to visit and that preacher had that crazy spoon walking around? See, I told you, you're never going to forget it. And when you go home tonight and you open your drawer and you get ready to eat your cereal, eat your nighttime ice cream, whatever it is, and you're looking through, uh, some, you're not going to get some little wee, wimpy little teaspoon out and go, Ooh. some of you are going to go, I'm ready to eat. I'm ready to be satisfied. Say, Amen. So when you come to God's house next week, don't bring your teaspoon. Come in and say, God, I want all that you have for me. Fill me with your power. Amen. Somebody go, but Pastor Don, you know the Holy Spirit's in my life, but here's what the Lord's taught me. We invite the Holy Spirit into our life to take up residence, but then we act like He isn't there. You see, the Holy Spirit becomes a stranger in the house. Look, can I remind you of something what the Holy Spirit says about you? Listen to me carefully. He says, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. That when you got saved, you gave him the house. <laughs> so he's not a stranger. He's the owner of the house and you're just a renter of the house. And so the owner of the house needs to be able to decide what happens in the house. Maybe I'm just preaching truth. Pastor Don, what I want God to do in my life, what I want is Ephesians 5.18. I want Ephesians 5.18. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dispensation, but be ye filled with the Spirit. I don't need this world to try to drain out all my problems, drain out all my struggles. I drown it all out. I, I don't want to have to try to try to cover it up and, and hide it and say, just don't look over there. I want the Holy Spirit of God to wash into my life and take all the junk out, take all the stuff that's hurting me out and fill me with His presence. How many want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Remember this though, you cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit when you're full of yourself. You need to know that. To be filled with God, we need to take a look on the inside and we need to st start cleaning out and making room. Also, it's very important for you that have been in church a long time, you need to understand that the filling of the Holy Spirit is not one and done. Am I preaching truth? The Word of God tells us to be filled. That is a present imperative verb which indicates continuous action. That I can't be satisfied with what I had yesterday. That I need to stir up more. That I need to be filled every day with His Spirit. Some of you go, Pastor, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I just don't know how. And I'm going to teach you something about God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. Quickly, we'll teach you this about God's character. When I, in my life, we all have idiosyncrasies. There's one place in my house, I don't know why, but when people take my salt and... Uh, pepper shaker out, they don't ever put it back like it's supposed to be. They'll throw it over there, but they don't. it's supposed to be here. When I go stay in a hotel room, I lay my stuff out the way it's supposed to be, and when they clean my room, they always move it where they think it should be, and I'm like, this is my room. I like it a certain way. That's my character. I want to show you something about the character of God that will help you with the move of the Holy Spirit in your life. This verse 
In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23, we'll show you the character of God. It says the full, at the end of it, it says the fullness of Him, watch this, who fills in, who fills all in all. The fullness of God, part of God's character is that He fills all in all. Now, what does that mean, Pastor? It means that when God sees the empty space, He wants to fill it. That's His nature. That's who He is. When God sees a vacuum, it attracts Him. God gave me a revelation on this this morning about this verse. When God sees an empty spot, some of you walk in and you see a table that's not right and you just start organizing it for the waitress. That's your character. When God sees empty people, He wants to pour into them. So how do we become a vessel that He can pour into? And listen to me. This, I feel it differently in this service than I have in either of the other two. Listen to me. Perhaps you're recently divorced and you're feeling empty. Perhaps you've lost a loved one and you're feeling empty. Perhaps your last child just left the nest and you're feeling empty. Perhaps your career is over and there's an emptiness. You've been walked out on. You find yourself alone and you're wondering, what am I going to do to fill this vacuum, this emptiness in my life? What am I going to do? Remember what I've told you about God. He is attracted to empty spaces. And He will fill you with His Spirit. Let me just tell you what was revealed to me this morning. Many of us come with the wrong spoon, but we come in the wrong posture. We want God to do something when we approach God like this. I want you to do something, God. And we don't realize that we're really holding on to everything oh so tight. We're holding on. We're holding on. God, I want you to do something. I want you to do something. And, and we feel our lives. And we feel all the junk. We've got it in here. And we're going, God, change me. God, change me. God. And we're reminded of the word that says, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. He says, get it out of who you are. Stop holding it in and let it come out. And this morning, I, I just, it's almost like God showed it to me. Uh, you know, do you remember when you were in school and they'd make you do the, the YMCA song? You throw your hands up like a Y. You remember that? Do that for me. We do that. What we all have just formed is a vessel that's empty. And where is God attracted to? Empty vessels. You see, I've seen people who say, God, I want more of you. 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 And God's moving in them. But they don't understand what the hindrance is. And that's part of the hindrance is how we're approaching God. That's why when you throw up your hands in worship and it forms this vessel and it says, God, I'm, I, there's nothing more important than you. I'm hungry for you. I want more of you. I need more of your presence, God. I can't go on hurting like this. I can't go on in this pain. I can't go on in this struggle. And God, I'm not going to hold it to myself anymore. I'm going to give it to you, God. And as you give it to God, your vessel begins to empty and God's nature says, I can feel an empty vessel and His Spirit starts moving inside of you. Some of you are wondering where He is. It's time for you to change spoons. It's time for you to stir Him up and pour His love upon you by becoming a vessel. It says, I no longer will hold back. Some of you have went through your life like this and God says, it's time to do this. As you stand here. I want you to understand this today. If you go after the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come after you. If you really want God to show up in your life, watch out. Because all it takes is a willing empty vessel. It's not a game. 
It's not something we play. It's something we do for his glory. To stir up his presence. To stir up his anointing. To stir up his spirit. There are people here today who you are empty. There's a vacuum of pain, loss, struggles, and tragedies that have chased you in your life. Somebody says, Pastor Don, I know you're preaching to me. No, I don't even know most of you. But I'm preaching the truth. And the truth says that he can take broken people and seal them with his power. I believe that the Holy Spirit of God wants to change our lives. I believe he wants to do something great. And I believe he's going to. But I believe that we're going to start right here because this is the first time in all the services I've started here. But I, I believe there's some empty people who say, I want God to change my life. Maybe you're here today and you've never prayed a prayer to give your life completely unto God. You've never surrendered your heart completely to God. This is your day. This is your time. This is your moment. I'm not going to embarrass you. As a matter of fact, I, I just want to ask, uh, ask you today right where you are. If you say, Pastor, I know the emptiness and I'm willing to ask God to be my Savior and to begin feeling that emptiness. Filling it in, filling it in. I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to walk an aisle. But if that's you this morning, I want to pray with you right now. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you are and say, today's the day that I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ completely. I want to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. Are there hands going up all around this place? Numerous amounts of hands. Some for the very first time, some at points of rededication. God's changing lives this morning. Please be praying. God's speaking to you. Put your hands down. I'm about to pray with these. There's been numerous, numerous people responded. How many of you would say this morning? I don't know where this is coming from, but I just feel it's from the Holy Spirit where it's coming from. Some of you feel like there's too much junk inside of you. And you're afraid that if you let it go, he won't take it. There is no sin in your life that he won't forgive. There is no bondage too deep, no struggle too great. He wants to liberate you. He wants to free you. If you've not responded this morning, you know this is your time. You feel it in your heart that today's the day that you want to know Jesus Christ. And you've not prayed this prayer before. Or maybe it's a time for you to make a rededication to God. You have not raised your hand already. You said, this is my time. Raise your hand quickly. I just felt compelled. Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God's changing lives. Thank you. Join hands with someone here. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised Christ from the dead, that we would be born again, we would be saved. Somebody prayed this prayer with us, we're going to pray it with you. The prayer is not magic. The faith is what God does in your life through your action of confession right now in Jesus Christ. You're about to be changed for all eternity. This is the moment you're about to be saved. God's going to change your life right now. Let's pray this prayer together this morning. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promise. Heavenly Father, I confess I am a sinner. In the name of Jesus, I repent. Look into my life. 
You see my past, my present, and my future. I give it all to you. Jesus, now by faith, I declare I am forgiven. You came for me. You died for me. Now you live for me. And by faith, I am saved. God is my father. Heaven is my home. This matter is settled. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.